We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the Rotowire NFL podcast. John McKechnie, Mario Puig hanging out with you. John McKechnie as in local Madison Simpsons trivia oh, champion. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, we haven't had a chance to. Actually, it's now the the John McKechnie uh, Simpsons trivia podcast, and there's some football toward the end. And we're uh, pivoting. Yeah, but yeah, you guys are going to listen to the first half, uh, or you know, I guess it's more likely like the first thirtieth, and you're going to like it. Uh, <laughs> we'll splice John in won. football in the groin. John won. Uh, he's the Simpsons king of the Midwest, probably after yeah. winning uh, trivia at some. If you win bar in Madison, here. I think that yeah, that that pretty much qualifies for the entire Midwest. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess this might not be. This might be like the initial rounds. Like maybe you advance to the you know the more serious Jeopardy aud- audition after this. Like I, I feel like the the real like the real killer simpson trivia folks were we're kind of just like watching from afar but now you're from on their, their bunkers ra- now you're on their radar and they've they're, they're preparing goons surveillance methods things like that yeah the the comic book guy uh types out there are, are certainly you know they're on notice now yeah but least. uh you won a, a gift card to the bar that you couldn't use the day that you won it which i thought was weird I was I was okay with that I right. suppose. But. I just thought it was I thought it was kind of funny how they were like as if they were like no backseats. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was almost as if they were like, look, 
you need a cool off period. You can't just have access to all this twenty five dollars worth of liquor when you're when you're going crazy off this high of of winning the trivia. I, I needed to drive anyway, so I mean it was okay. But they do have the best uh, like selection of three Floyds in town, which is probably my favorite brewery. So oh nice, yeah, I, was, I don't know that I'm pretty one. Happy about it, but yeah, that was that was an impressive victory. I was I wanted to go, but I had to do uh, NFL free agency watch. Uh, crap well why don't we just um, but it wasn't necessary it wasn't necessary then. yeah uh oh that's right we were gonna do that okay and actually just as i sat down at that trivia the news broke and what we'll start with this and just kind of filter on down through the big signings and the little signings uh that have kind of made the beginning of this new league year cr- as crazier crazier than we've seen in recent years and that is the odell beckham trade so i mean leading off what did you make of uh, or what do you make of Cleveland now as a contender? What do you make of the fantasy fallout? And then what do you make of the Giants uh, haul in return? Well, the Giants got Jabril Peppers, who is pretty much analogous to kind of like a late first round pick, I think. I know he turned a corner last year, and if he maintains his progress, he'll be one of the best safeties for a while. But Odell Beckham is not the kind of player you can just find. And no. it's... I think pretty short-sighted and insane of the Giants, and I think uh, it's pretty clearly a case where it's like you got a couple insulated people like Dave Gettleman and the ownership who basically don't know anything about anything but have been insulated in their like protected class so long that they don't talk to anybody but sycophants who tell them how smart they are and how great they are because turns out if you talk to them that way, they promote you and give you treats. Whereas if you tell them that, uh, I don't think you should do this uh, extension for Eli Manning and I don't think you should trade Odell Beckham, they'll go, hmm, I don't know if you're right for us. And so (laughs) they end up with people around them who aren't quite as stupid as the decision makers actually are, but they're absolutely willing to pretend to be stupid and and validate all of their worst uh, intuitions. And it's ridiculous. I mean, the Giants are going to be terrible. Uh, They're going to waste Saquon Barkley's career. And, uh, you know, Dave, uh, Pat Shermer, total chump. He thinks he's going to, like, I'm sure he's getting these assurances from Gettleman and the ownership that, like, yeah, you're our guy. Don't worry about it. But, uh, hey, Pat, when you guys lose 12 games this year, do you think that it's going to be Gettleman who volunteers to get fired? Or no. do you think he might try to keep his job? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. But uh, I bet Pat is the first one to get fired. Uh, maybe you could ask Nathaniel Hackett about that. Maybe you could ask John F- DiFilippo about that. Coaches will fire the guys underneath. Yeah, ask the Carolina uh, secondary coach and linebackers coach or whoever it was that Ron Rivera fired, even though he's the defensive guy. He's the guy in charge. Like, they will always use you as a scapegoat, you imbecile. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be a great job, and I'm wrong. Who, who knows? Uh, I think I think most of the f- football community probably agrees with you. I, I don't think anyone is really caping for the Giants at this point. They're, they're sort of beyond defending it with, yeah. with the moves that they've made it's and good for odell though and i guess we should be happy for him because i mean he he gets to go play with i think we have to call the the browns pretty easily like a top three roster in the league and i don't know particularly with tom brady approaching 42 or whatever now i don't know what else the future could look like other than it's pretty much the rams versus the browns for a while uh, you know the chiefs the, the too chiefs, yeah yeah those three teams are just their own deal right now as far as i can see yeah the the uh the browns become pretty easily the favorite in the afc uh north in my opinion especially yeah. with like the attrition that the steelers uh undergone obviously the steelers didn't even make the playoffs last year 
still not sold that the Ravens. I mean, I think the Ravens have made some good moves, and we'll, we'll get into those a little bit later. But They're in a transition phase, more like the one Cleveland was in before last year. For sure. So, I mean, now, I mean, I feel like Baker Mayfield, with the guys that he has around him, na- namely with the addition of Odell, he becomes a pretty decent like MVP candidate. We'll have to see what the odds on that look like, but I would put some money down on that, honestly. Yeah, I went with a, I did a rough projection yesterday, and it, it's not scientific or anything, but I thought it was pretty modest. Like I don't feel like I was aggressive with it, and I feel like I can feel comfortable with a floor for Mayfield, a projected floor of about 4,600 yards and 35 touchdowns with room for something more like 5,050 touchdowns. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, you know, you could do uh, Pat Mahomes stuff when you have Odell Beckham. Uh, They don't have Brashad Perriman. We'll talk about him probably a little bit later. But, I mean, when you have Njoku stepping into his prime over the next couple years, Chubb is going to be a 20-touchdown runner, I think, in this offense when when healthy. Uh, Over 16 games, it's like he's running for 20 touchdowns. There's no way Mayfield, with all these weapons, Chubb being as good as he is, there's no chance that they just that they they stay away from the end zone very long in any particular game so i think uh yeah mayfield's gonna put up big numbers it's bad news for callaway for the short term because i think odell basically plugs into his role from last year because richard higgins can play slot pretty well and i think he might be the heir to the jarvis landry role but landry has one more year of guaranteed money so they're gonna they're gonna keep him around this year i would guess but he he takes a hit because he was going i want to say in like the early fourth or something like that maybe mid fourth in some best ball early best ball drafts i was doing but i would think with odell beckham there who by the way i'm projecting for probably like 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns as like floor type uh range Mm -hmm. uh I don't think Landry can have room for more than like 70 catches for maybe 900 yards. And he could catch like eight to 10 touchdowns himself because Mayfield going over 40 is, I think, more likely than Mayfield staying under 30, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, it's going to be explosive. Maybe maybe not everyone's going to be consistent in it, uh, but I'm thinking explosives kind of like the 99 rams something like that dang all right so pretty high expectations for this offense it's not going to be stopped and then you know the the thing is their defense especially that really good that front is so nasty that you know as a as an offense it's going against that the browns and going against the defense the pressure's on you if you don't score then you're going to fall behind really quickly, kind of like it like it was last year playing against the Chiefs, where it's like if you're not keeping up, you're falling behind, and you're falling behind quickly, probably to an amount that you cannot make up. Yeah, you don't want to throw the ball against Cleveland. Like it, you you want to keep the game script just eaten alive, right? You want to keep the game script somehow, and and you basically can't, but you want to keep the game script somehow such that you can run comfortably and not and you know only selectively take your shots downfield but more likely you're going to need to take out your your deeper drops earlier in the game than you'd like to and miles garrett is of course the biggest problem but olivia getting better too yeah he's he's gonna be a 20 sack player maybe not next year but maybe and it's it's like ogan joby's already there he's good uh, they've got uh, they've got some depth to sort through, but they have so much resources with the draft and the cap to get to it. I feel like they're going to be loaded with depth too. They'll get um, more out of Vernon than the Giants ever did too. Yeah, there's that, and uh, I'm forgetting actually. Some who did they? They just signed a defensive tackle, didn't they? 
I feel like they got another oh, defensive shoot. tackle. Um, there's because I was just thinking it's like Ogan Joby and wait, I was just thinking about how. Oh, I wouldn't want that guy playing next to Ogan Joby if I was going against them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't remember already what it was. Um, in any case, the Browns I I think are my like AFC favorite because the the Sheldon Chiefs- Richardson. Oh God, yeah, Sheldon Richardson. That's a huge. Yeah, no wonder. Uh, that's a huge addition. He's he's got all pro talent for sure and then Jernard Avery like as a rotational piece is like nasty too yeah that guy looks like he could be another James Harrison or something like that I guess they think of him more of a pass rushing specialist right now but he's just super explosive and violent and he's one of those weird athletes who's like 5'11 250 and then super explosive he's got like the like the Doomerville arms to him though though I don't think he does but he's he's I know he had a really good workout numbers coming out of Memphis where he also had like 25 tackles for loss a year so he's just one of those guys now where you're like why did he fall this far why is why does one team have the luxury of playing him you know 400 snaps a year instead of 800 so yeah they have a lot of depth the the peppers loss is a loss but it's not gonna matter like it just won't matter when you have that pass rush nope so uh yeah newsflash the browns are gonna be really effing good for a really long time so let's uh let's shift gears uh try to tackle some of the other biggest signings so uh chief among them would be Le'Veon bell uh his his contract ends up being uh, it sort of ended up being this thing where i've just gotten i've just gotten really exhausted on twitter of the people that are like huh he sat out and he didn't get as much money as he thought he was going to. It's just like, who are you and like, why yeah. are you doing this and why are you laughing? Why are you cheering the ownership? I love uh, these, in this case. I don't understand these it. surf-brained oafs who <laughs> are just like, I I just want someone to be my boss and tell me what to do, and I can't wait to just do what they tell them and grumble under my breath about how no fair but i I've, i have pride so that's you know it's i feel like it's not even only disgruntled steelers fans that are like mad that he sat out last year it's like it just kind of the general oh. consensus it's like oh he didn't get as much money as you said he was going to yeah there's a lot of psychology going on here but it's like there's displaced misdirected class envy where like these people who uh they're workers in the real world and and uh, maybe they're even above middle class, but they resent their station in life. They're sick of knowing the f- full well that like all the people in charge of every aspect of their lives are people who were basically born into that station. And they know how, uh, no matter how hard they work, there's some s- terrible scion of some rich family who who gets further in life for doing no work at all and they they internalize this but they don't sort it through they don't they don't realize the way that they actually think deep down uh and then they look at someone like Levy and bell and sometimes they're, sometimes they're actually direct and like forthright enough to just say it as like i would do that job for less money than that <laughs> and it's like great insight what do you, who cares? What do you what do you point When's do you think you're making? Your heart rate is above has been like above a hundred beats per minute. But there's there's this thing where they look at Bell and they totally miss the point, which is like he it's not like he just went into this as as a uh, business strategy. He just had what some people call the fu money. At which point, if you have fu money, you say the a F-U. certain <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's what it's for. And so he has enough money that he could go ha. I just won't play then. And the Steelers went, oh, we bet you will. 
and one of those two was wrong. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's ridiculous to, to be like, oh, Levy, but it, it makes sense to be mad that he wasn't on your fantasy team last year if you picked him in the first round. That sucks. But be mad at the people who tried to shortchange him. Be mad at the NFL Players Union for having these ridiculous non-guaranteed contracts yeah, Steelers, in every CBA. The Steelers wanted to just churn, like grind him out last year and then kick him to the curb. I right, think that, yeah. Like, ideally, they would have given him another 400 touches and then been like, all right, see you later. The NFLPA, the... League players in general owe Le'Veon Bell a debt of gratitude for giving some muscle to, to expressing the muscle of, of labor to these owners in a way that almost no players are brave enough to do. And, you know, whatever, get get mad that he, he didn't broadcast specifically his intentions or whatever. But it, you're talking you're like you said, you're caping for the owners when you do this. You're caping for the people who always go to the press with these leaks to say, like, uh, by the way, uh, Lavian Bell was uh, he was being a real jerk a bunch of the times and he's fat. <laughs> and like, how do you think those quotes come out? Like that's the ownership, that's the GM, those people. They put that stuff out. Lavian Bell doesn't have the the means of, of doing it's asymmetric warfare, basically. Bell had his leverage, he had his money to sit on, and he had he had an and he had a he had a thought that he wanted to express and he expressed it. That you don't have that thought, that you're not brave enough to have that thought is not Lavian Bell's fault. Nope. Like but anyway, going to the Jets will suck. Because oh, yeah? it's okay. not good that you're in an Adam Gase, uh Dowell Loggins uh, offense. Uh, Gase, of course, is anti-tempo, uh, just a weird guy in general, probably not going to do a very good job there. But uh, if his AD, if Le'Veon Bell's ADP is around that first, second round turn, he's still interesting to me because even if he's not particularly good, he'll get so much usage, and specifically as a pass catcher, he, his usage is unique, that he has a really high floor and he could reach a ceiling that only guys who, who are similarly busy as pass catchers, guys like... You know, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, so Saquon like, Barkley. So who would you go with between a Le'Veon and a David Johnson you're picking towards the end of the first round? I'm way higher on David Johnson than most people so far. He's like my six or seven overall player. So I have okay. David Johnson safely ahead of Bell, who's more like my probably like 10, 11, 12, something like that. And uh, it's just a weird class this year. Like we're not used to this much depth at running back, but we're even less used to the depth that, we ha- that there is at receiver. So... I, I'm hammering running back early, and I'm taking you know T.Y. Hilton in the late third. That's okay. kind of how I'm approaching things. So I'm going to probably end up with a decent number of Bell shares, even though I'm not really like rushing to get him. Okay, makes sense. I, I do think that he's going to be really busy as well. I, I, I'm probably on the Bell over Johnson side right now, but you know, I, I, got, I got some thinking to do. I just th- I think the Cardinals. Are, I mean, it's not like the the Jets are are the uh, poster child of a functional offense or a team with it with a great offensive line, but boy the cardinals just have so much uh work to do to, before i'm uh convinced um but i'm just banking on like 100 cut he could run for like 500 yards this year for all i know but he's gonna get 1200 through the air then there we yeah. go beautiful yeah. um but you mentioned ty hilton uh indianapolis just uh added a complimentary uh piece for him you know maybe take some uh heat off of him in coverage and I think there is a very visceral re- reaction to this signing. I'm talking about Devin Funches, of course, where it's a one-year deal uh, worth $10 million with the uh, potential of going up to $13 million if he hits the, the incentives within that contract, I believe. And a lot of people were like, this is crazy. I was one of those people. Convince me otherwise. Well, Funches is a guy with he has his limitations he'll never he's not the most natural wide receiver like he's always been more toolsy than skilled but 
He's also been always young for his level of competition, and it makes sense to be underdeveloped when that's the case. And it kind of is a parallel, I think, to Dante Moncrief, who he too is a guy who's more toolsy than skilled specifically as a receiver, and he has his rough edges or whatever but these guys when they hit this part of their career when they you know 26 27 something like that when they're going into their fifth sixth year in the nfl guys like that usually even if by just you know chance being in the right place at the right time something like that they usually have a at least a couple good years like they eventually usually become the player everyone expected them to be just later than they wanted them to and and for like a more brief amount of time than they expected so Devin Funches it feels like he's been around forever right it does he turns 25 in late May so this is a guy who showed up to the NFL like he he must have been like 20 and a half when he got to the NFL mm-hmm. so yeah he's he's got four uneven years but he's also one year removed from turning 111 targets into 840 yards eight touchdowns at age 23 he dropped he was credited with at least seven drops last year and he had four or five in one game so that's just the yips something like that like he got rattled he needed a change of scenery he got it and now he's going to the team that turned eric ebron into a 13 touchdown player yes. last year this is this is the part of, of your article and yeah your general prognosis on the situation that that i will concede because i i'm not like I've pretty much soured on Devin Funches, the player, especially right. compared to my, my it's the opportunity we can it, sell ourselves on. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and you, and you bring up the the the, uh, the supporting cast other than T. Y. Hilton out wide that they have. I mean, we're talking Chester Rogers, Ryan Grant, Zach Pascal. I mean, they were they were just running through guys, you know, basically off the street last yeah, year, like CFL compliment. backup types, Ho- horrible, yeah. horrible guys. So I mean, Funches, I will certainly admit, is a lot better than those guys. And like you said, if they can turn an Ebron guy, a guy who didn't quite hit the level that people were expecting, the lines cut him. Yeah, like they didn't. Or wait, maybe they didn't use the last year option, but it's the same difference. Like Funches is just walking from Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, this is this is a point where, where like you were saying, the change of scenery uh, with the you know kind of upper echelon tools talent. Uh, it's going to get. I mean, he's quarterback wise. Is Andrew Luck like a ton, a huge improvement over Cam Newton? You know, who's to say? But no, um, but I, it's it's indoors, this is, yeah. This is so be that's good. nice, and he's not going to see double teams like Ebron would sooner see probably more attention from defenses. Although that I would expect that to change by mid season or so. But yeah, Funches is a guy who just when you're as big as he is and athletic as he is, and if you are good enough at age 23 to put up 840 yards and eight touchdowns, it's just at some point, and at, at at least up to a certain price, there's just not much reason to overthink it. It's like you can just easily sell yourself the idea that even if he's not that good, he could be a big fantasy profit. And uh, particularly if Luck throws 39 touchdowns again, it's like Funches is a lock to crush his current ADP. Okay, so let's tidy this up then. We were just talking about the Jets. We were just talking about Indianapolis. Toss-up between Funches and the newly acquired Jameson Crowder. Uh, in a PPR type format, uh, uh, Jameson Crowder on the Jets. Uh, Funches by miles for me, and it's admittedly closer in PPR because Crowder's a low depth of target guy, and Funches is a downfield sideline kind of target, post route kind of target. Uh, but Crowder is. I like the Crowder signing for the yeah, Jets. Yeah, I, th- I think he's way better than Humphreys and probably Cole Beasley, too, but he's just had these injury problems the last two years. Uh, he's got to compete with Lavian Bell for a lot of targets. They already have 
Quincy Inunua as one slot guy. I don't know. They might be moving him outside more so, but I think both Inunua and Crowder will play a lot of slot just as both uh, Albert Wilson and Danny Amendola did last year. Like the, the Dolphins ran a lot of trip formation, which is two slot guys, 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 guys. Thing point you're bringing up yeah there. so it's like that's and that's something like mcveigh does a lot of that too so that's how you end up you look at the splits of the, the outside and the slot for the rams receivers and it's like how the hell are they playing more everybody's playing more slot snaps than outside snaps and that's basically how you do it so he'll be on the field but they're not going to run more than probably like 57 58 plays a game and it's like lavian belk get 25 touches from scrimmage in any given game so i don't think there'll be that much to go around with crowder okay. as much as i think he's good and the part of part of my tempered enthusiasm with him is also that I, I think Anunwa and Anderson, I think everybody agrees is good by now. But I think Anunwa is also good. He just had weird injury timing yeah, in his I, career. I went ahead and I think like right after week 17 or something, I was like, uh, Robbie Anderson's going to be the guy that I'm happily overdrafting over everybody next year. And I'm a big time Sam Darnold believer. And oh, yeah. it's just like I'm anxious about Loggins and, and Gase. It's, it's not what I want to see at all. Understandable. Yeah. There, yeah. Funches is, is a guy who, so, oh, sorry to interrupt. But Funches is a guy you could just, I can just imagine him stumbling into eight touchdowns easily. You know? Okay. Yeah. So this, the situation really does uh, set up extremely well uh for him uh so yeah let's let's jump over to adam Humphreys, someone that you've been talking about on this podcast is like someone who's going to cash in probably more uh than what he probably could be worth and how you could get someone with a similar talent level for a lot less he goes ahead and inks a four-year 36 million dollar deal uh with the titans what was your reaction there that was less money than i thought reports were, were predicting for him like it was i thought i read someplace that somebody was thinking like 11 12 million basically more like you know the kind of uh i'm, I'm trying to remember who uh, i guess i guess tyrell went for more than i expected he was like 14 million a year uh, we'll talk about him eventually too but sure. humphreys was a lot of people's pick to be the highest paid free agent receiver which I, I conceded like, yeah, he's going to get 10 or 11 million or something, but I was surprised by that. I was like, how, how is he going to make more money than Tyrell Williams? Uh, Adam Humphreys, as a senior at Clemson, was outproduced by Jermone Hopper, who I don't even remember who he is hardly. <laughs> I, it's like I remember the name, but if someone was like, who is he? I was like, I don't know. Maybe he was like 6'6 six, six or 5'8. I don't, I don't remember. One of those. Yeah, and he was also outproduced. He was wildly outproduced by then true freshman uh, Artavis Scott. So he disappeared he's a non-prospect and Humphreys couldn't get on the field let alone get as many targets as him uh, so I don't think Humphreys is as good as people think he is I think that he was very good for Tampa Bay because he has very good hands and he, he can do like underneath routes pretty well he's got a little bit of craftiness after the catch but he was doing like 5.8 5.9 yards after catch on average last year and if you just lower that to four and uh, Cole Beasley was at three and a half last year for whatever that's worth if you lower that yards after catch average to four, Humphrey's yards per target drops from 7.8 to 6.5. And if it's that, no one cares who he is. So he'll he'll be, I don't know, maybe better than Tajay Sharp, but I'm not taking that for a given. Tajay Sharp was a really productive player at Massachusetts. Um, so yeah, I think that Humphrey's was a product of a system where Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and O.J. Howard had the defense worried about almost anything but Humphreys. Yeah, 5.8 yards after the catch is 83rd percentile. So yeah, that, like, that's I'm not way be- ahead of where you would think a guy He had like, like two years at Clemson where he averaged seven yards a catch or less. 
okay. This isn't. Yeah, this is not. This is not sustainable. But but do you like the fit within uh, this Titans offense? Do you think that you know they needed a guy who's more of an ace out of the slot? Maybe, but that was like Tajay Sharp's whole theory. Like he was supposed to be a good slot guy. He's he's a lanky slot guy. Maybe that's an issue. Humphreys is quicker, shorter. Uh, but I still think Taewon Taylor is good, and if they're not including him in a plan, uh, if they're not getting him outside snaps, I think Tennessee's whole judgment is off, and I basically don't want anything to do with uh, anybody but Corey Davis, and I guess if I'm in best ball and it's like the 18th round, Mariota's still there, sure, I'll take him. Right. But uh, Derek Henry, Henry I too. still like, and especially in best ball too. But uh yeah if they don't if they don't realize that taewon taylor is their second best receiver then they're going to have a lot of other bad decisions that they make and in the meantime humphreys adp on the best ball 10 the past couple of weeks was 129 overall whereas Devin devin Funches was around 200 like okay. that's that's a that's a sieve on your roster if you had humphreys at that price Funches uh now uh, dating back to uh drafts taking place at, at as of tuesday and beyond um so march 12th um fun just going around pick 143 interesting other toss-up maybe one that maybe is a little bit closer for you and all and humphrey's a little bit ahead of him uh 137 um but john brown uh, going 143 so like just a little bit ahead of Funches in drafts and he's obviously going to a situation where quarterback isn't as polished as as Andrew Luck as we know but I mean John Brown a huge deep threat Josh Allen likes to push the ball down the field where are you at with these two well I have Funches safely ahead of Brown but I have Brown safely ahead of Jameson Crowder and in best ball especially in DFS tournaments, I can imagine Brown having real utility. The problem is in redraft, you will have no idea when his good games nope. will happen. <laughs> so uh, the other thing is Robert Foster, I think, is a guy who, in hindsight, we can rationalize as like a second or third round talent. I mean, if he had played at Alabama instead of being hurt for four years in a row, he could have been like a first or second round pick. I mean, he ran that four four one. He he quite plausibly could have played ahead of calvin ridley among other big name guys if he had had the health to do it so i'm inclined to believe the results from robert foster last year i think he's more likely to be another robbie anderson than like i don't know whoever the the last case of some guy who had four good games and disappeared was uh but between respecting foster and uh the just the nature like the the average depth of target for these two receivers might be like 17 18 yards something like that because the whole offense is based on just almost like four verts nfl blitz just run downfield allen will run around as long as he needs to for you receiver to get 60 yards away and then he chucks it at somebody and his accuracy from 40 to 70 yards is about as good as it is from like zero to 20 so it makes sense to build an offense this way like yeah you you maybe will have a lot of three and outs maybe you'll have some arm punts that you didn't really want to happen sure but there will be a lot of explosive moments and if you have a defense that gives you extra possessions through turnovers and sacks it really can work and it also lends itself to potentially like really high explosion scenarios where it's just like John Brown and uh, Robert Foster are guys who could turn four targets into like 160 yards and two touchdowns. Right. You, know? uh, you don't want to bet on four targets ever as like a matter of, you know, general of that uh, going well. Yeah. But, but it's like he, there's that kind of explosiveness here. So that in best ball where you don't need to make the decision ahead of time or in DFS tournaments where you already are like, yeah, I know there's a really high risk here. It's going to be a good fit, I think. And there will be high peaks 
as much as there will be probably a lot of like dead stretches too yeah no i think that that's a pretty like accurate i'd say way of of put framing uh this bill's offense and what uh brown adds to it and then of course uh foster i think is you know butting into you know somebody that could be a pro bowler maybe down the line uh here a a little bit uh from now another receiver on the other kind of end of the spectrum as far as where his career is but still a productive player still a really good player in my opinion uh deshaun jackson so he moves back to philadelphia he's going to be uh presumably carson wentz's deep thread here uh what'd you make of that signing I think he's a really good player, and I think he'll make the Eagles better. But for now, they got him for nothing, too, by the way. Right. For now, I'm a little skeptical about whether he'll be uh, like harnessable in fantasy. He's, he's of course, going to be a GPP guy just because he's so fast, and he can do that thing where four targets is 150 yards and two touchdowns. But I think Carson Wentz is less suited to striking that particular uh, part of the field. Uh than josh allen is so i can imagine there being plays where it's just like deshaun jackson is getting open but the ball is instead going to Ertz, just like over and over and over but uh nelson Aguilar is not going anywhere this year or at least i don't think he will be like if i think they would have to trade him i, I doubt they would yeah, just I not think keep i saw him. he's probably staying put yeah yeah so he's gonna be the slot guy maybe and you can't take it for granted that they're gonna run a three receiver base because they have dallas goddard there so this could be a base two tight end offense, and then Deshaun Jackson's snaps would be subject to a split with Aguilar on some basis in mm-hmm. two wide situations. So I can imagine him only playing like 600, 700 snaps or something like that, and then only getting like, you know, 60, 70 targets. And I'm not expecting him to do 10 yards a target with Wentz there. So. I think I think Jackson is really good, but I'm worried that he basically landed in the exact same scenario as he did with Tampa Bay, where they're just not suited to utilizing what he's so great at. Yeah, I didn't love the uh, the fit, and we we talked about this before that that trade even went through. Should have like, gone to the Rams or something. Come yeah, on. Yes, that would have been awesome. So you know, we we were talking about how we like Deshaun Jackson still, even at this stage of his career, but Wentz just doesn't hit the deep pass with, with the really same kind of. Uh, ferocity that you would like to see uh, he's an intermediate guy more so so. no so and he doesn't put like you know it's kind of a a trope but i mean alex smith i think pushed it pushed the ball uh down the field further than he did on average last year and i know using alex smith in that type of context is sort of just like a rhetorical device but it goes to show you that that wentz wasn't really chucking it deep down the field which is obviously like the best part of deshaun's game yeah, I think Wentz will be better this year now that he's got a, more than a year back from the ACL, but he's he's more of an intermediate kind of guy than than a downfield one by nature. And I I basically expect Jackson to have kind of like a 750, 800 yard, four, five, six touchdown kind of year, but it'll be like maybe all those touchdowns occur in two or three games. Yeah, no, they, they could certainly uh, be clustered. Uh, what other receiver signings uh, kind of caught your eye? Well, there's Tyrell Williams going to Oakland, which I think is a slight upgrade just because his target volume could literally double. He was only doing 65 targets a year with the Chargers, and uh, people are going to say, like, oh, he's one-dimensional, but he actually got a lot of slot snaps last year and, and did more in different parts of the field. He wasn't just a sideline and vertical guy. Uh, the problem is Derek Carr doesn't throw to anywhere in particular well, and especially not deep, where uh, Tyrell is not one-dimensional there, but he is very uniquely good there, and it would be nice to be able to extract that part of his skill set, which I just don't think Carr can. So I think he might get like 120 targets this year, 
he's not going to do 10 yards a target like he did with Philip Rivers every sure. single year. It's going to be more like maybe 7.88 yards a target, but the catch rate's going to have to be something like 56 in that case because Carr's just not good enough. Oof. I mean, it just, I mean, he could get better. I, to be fair, it's like there is even Eli Manning, like he had like, people forget how, how long they, how many chances they gave him. He, he was bad for just like five years before he became good. And maybe Carr is another case. There's something to be true. said for actual like continuity of development time. Like it is a thing. Uh, sometimes bad quarterbacks just stop being bad eventually, but I don't want to bet on it. Well, hopefully, you know, with, with the talent that they have put around him, especially at receiver with obviously the addition of Antonio Brown as well, uh, he's running out of excuses at the very least. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd say he's out of them. He was out of them when Amari Cooper got traded and that happened. That all happened afterward. But uh, otherwise, that receiver, Brashad Perriman, we mentioned, he, he was going to resign with the Browns, but upon their trade for Odell Beckham, he headed to Tampa basically to take the Deshaun Jackson role and I think he might be pretty good at it because Humphreys isn't there. Jackson isn't there. Chris Godwin almost has to be their primary slot receiver okay. in three wide sets, but he can play outside, of course. Uh, in any case, Perriman on one side, Evans on the other, Godwin anywhere in between is a dangerous look for a defense. And Perriman was very good for the Browns in his limited showing last Nauseatingly year. Nauseatingly good. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where maybe this change of scenery just cured his yips. Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he really was just rattled in Baltimore and, and just like going someplace new made him. It, it was like waking up from a nightmare or something, and he just became himself again. Who knows? Yeah, Baltimore but, will do that to people. Yeah, <laughs> and Joe Flacco will do that to a receiver. But I think that uh, yeah, he's he's interesting. He's I'm almost more interested in Perriman than I am Deshaun Jackson. Okay. So that's uh, I don't know how I feel about either exactly, but I, I just I'm not worried about the current personnel in Tampa uh, getting in Perriman's way because I think it's going to be a three receiver offense. Yeah, th- uh, it should be. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, um, Dante Moncrief going to Pittsburgh, it's it's kind of uh, like I compared Funches to him before. Same deal. Moncrief didn't do much in Jacksonville last year, but he was pretty good on a per target basis. And uh, considering how terrible the quarterbacks were, I don't think you can hold him like accountable for you know how bad the offense was. He's a big, fast guy. Who, I mean, James Washington did not have a good rookie year. I think it's a pretty decent chance that Moncrief is better right now, and maybe even for the next two years, which is the length of the contract. Okay. Washington, I still think will be good, but it's it's just hard for a second year guy to compete with like a sixth year guy who's as big and fast as Moncrief Moncrief has a lot more tools than James Washington does and I expect Washington to still be drafted way ahead of him so I I don't want to count out Washington but if Moncrief is like three rounds cheaper I'm picking him okay that that makes sense and yeah there there was enough left to be desired from from what Washington put on tape last year to where that that does uh make some sense um one running back yeah, yeah, I think we're mostly to running backs. I feel like the everybody else at receiver uh, is either not real or uh, hasn't signed yet. Yes. So, Mark Ingram. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, he's a good player, and I you would probably know a lot better than me, but I figured they basically are penciling him in for the Kenneth Dixon snaps, right? Because the, they would... They have to make the offense more like the the Kaepernick San Francisco offense and less like the Rich Rodriguez offense they were running I mean, last have, year. Yeah, Greg Roman is the guy and the mm-hmm. architect for both. So, but uh, I couldn't. I still would be surprised. I guess if they got totally rid of that Gus Edwards role because Edwards is so good at just being the hammer running back, and maybe they only give him like six to eight carries a game instead of fifteen like they were doing last year. But I don't see him disappearing. No, he won't. So di- he won't disappear. But yeah, I think Ingram just he functions nicely when there when there's a. Comp- 
compliment to him. And the Ravens obviously don't have anyone uh, near the skill set or the skill period of an Alvin Kamara. But I think just the, the sheer rush percentage that the Ravens are going to have and the, the ball possession uh, type of offense that they're going to be uh, going with, I think this does kind of bode well for Mark Ingram this year. I think this is a good landing spot for him. I'm agnostic on like I can't remember what his price was before and like I think people were generally assuming he would resign with the Saints and I can't tell whether I think it's a upgrade or downgrade going to Baltimore like I can imagine him having like consistency issues just because going around pick 50 okay right ahead of Chris Carson yeah I don't want either of them I don't think at that price like I'd, I'd probably just rather hammer like I'd rather take running back running back running back in the first three rounds and then not take another one till like the ninth or something like that okay uh but yeah for the price I I would prefer I think Ingram over Carson there it's just uh I don't know I feel like he'll be harder to use in redraft because there will be games where I feel I feel like there will be games anyway where Edwards is good or Dixon is good um but if not then this is a team that should have yeah favorable uh, time possession lamar jackson makes you play with wider splits as a defense which could make ingram uh, like a career best sort of inside runner this year and that alone could be worth quite a lot it's just like i guess i i still feel like dixon is good enough and edwards was good enough that i'm i'm a little worried about them staying involved because five million a year is not a big deal now like no. if, it, if it was 10 years ago it'd be like oh yeah mark ingram 25 carries a game but <laughs> Five million right now just isn't a huge commitment, and I, f- I feel like they're they're going to give him like the first crack at it. But if he stumbles or if he gets hurt, and Dixon and Edwards are doing well, I can imagine it being more of a more even split than than we might wish for. I think at the very least they're going to give him the chance to to take the job and run with it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. I definitely do. And it's it's only like I I would I would prefer that the guys behind him be just like way worse than him and i'm not convinced they are no no both of those guys uh, looked good at, at different points last year i'll have to get some shares of ingram though because yeah it's like if if he does just stay healthy and lamar jackson just stays healthy it's hard to imagine that team finishing i don't know like less than like third or fifth in rushing production this year oh god yeah i don't uh, like if yeah if jackson stays healthy then yeah no that that offense is going to i'd be shocked if it finishes not first right yeah i'm generally so leaning that geared. way too it's just like to to express how unlikely it would be for ingram to be like a true zero or anything it's just it yeah. might not be as consistent as we want is what my specific concern would be okay that's that's fair so maybe like the, the best ball best ball is a lot easier yeah. but it, i mean i'm we'll see in redraft i i would i would be able to feel a lot worse about a running back two than the definite starter for the ravens sure so. Um, let's see where else uh, were some running back signings that you liked I think I remember you uh, talking about Tevin Coleman uh, yesterday as an interesting signing out in San Francisco yeah so I don't know where the market's going to head on those two but Ingram and Coleman are interesting to me because I feel like the public is generally much higher on Ingram and lower on Coleman but I might prefer Coleman straight up and I'm pretty sure the way the price is going I'll prefer him because I can imagine getting him almost like a full round later than Ingram but we'll see if I mean if Jarek McKinnon who I don't think has any guaranteed money left on his contract if they just saw that he's probably like as good as gone oh really okay well well, because there's like no guaranteed money left right I I mean he's he's not guaranteed anything I would be surprised I guess if they just got rid of him especially because Breida got nicked up last year and Coleman is not the most durable running back himself they're going within the same round right now by the way Coleman about 50 pick 58 
Okay, so yeah, I don't know where that's headed, but I feel like people still think Jarek McKinnon is better than Coleman. He could be, but I don't think he is. I think Coleman's probably better, and it's it's almost like difficult to pin down because they just do different things as much as they're both speed backs with ostensible big play upside they do it very differently like Coleman's a guy who needs a crack he need he needs a straight line crack in the defense and if it is there there's almost no one you'd rather have in that scenario because he's, he's just a, out of a cannon when he gets that crease and he just doesn't get caught but McKinnon's much better at slashing and like kind of getting guys to to lose their footing and, and juke them out whereas Coleman's just kind of battering ram uh without much power like he's 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 just like batters straight through and sometimes if it's a weak door he just goes gone forever yeah okay so I so what are you doing with it with him then uh, uh I'll probably be going at him in best ball because he'll have also consistency issues if McKinnon and Brita are present and, and able to play but otherwise among running backs I think uh, Latavius Murray going to New Orleans is a huge upgrade for him and he's someone who I think we need to think about in the seventh sort of round because wow. he's taking I mean he's taking the Ingram role it's like where yep. were we going to take Ingram so, yeah. probably fifth round and, and murray's probably a round or two worse so sixth seventh i figure yeah i mean the the upgrade as far as the offensive line and the overall play calling is you know it's massive mm-hmm. yeah so i i think that he could be both not very effective and still super valuable in fantasy just cause, i mean kamara could get hurt too he, he might have been playing a little nicked up last I year think he was so. and if he does miss a game it's like murray's a top five running back projection that week yeah absolutely uh looking elsewhere anyone else uh, catch your eye as far as the running backs uh not really mike davis might be interesting if the bears don't draft somebody but uh tight end class is pretty weak jared cook hasn't signed anywhere i, th- I think we got pretty much all the all the fantasy relevant guys yeah so next week we'll kind of uh catch any of the other signings that that happen uh from today onward to you know kind of wrap up uh the free agency and then in the coming weeks we'll start uh really ramping things up again uh for the draft any party yeah. thoughts otherwise uh, yeah, we'll get back to the draft a bit next week. We actually did a three-round rookie post-combine mock that'll be on the site once the free agency craze uh, dies down a bit. So there you have it. That was our free agency special. Come back next week for more draft talk and a little bit more free agency talk as well here on the Rotowire NFL podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.